Welcome back, listeners, to another episode of Beyond the Row, where we take a deeper look into Sunday morning sermons to spark what life beyond the row looks like for followers of Jesus. Good morning, afternoon, and evening to everybody and all of our listeners. We hope that you're doing well. Uh, we want to thank you guys for listening to this, and we also want to say that um, you know you can find this anywhere that you listen to your podcasts, um, along with our app. Uh, subscribe to it, and if you like the content, please consider giving us some stars or write us a review. All that interaction helps us with this channel. Abe, Nate, I looked at you and said different names. Uh, I don't know why I did that, but hey, (laughs) welcome. Welcome to the podcast. Oh, so welcome. I love this. So (laughs) welcome. I enjoy it. You guys having a good week? Yes. Yeah. Okay. I was nodding my head thinking that that was an answer. Yeah, we're like, we're having a conversation. Nobody can see you. And I realized that was not an answer. (laughs) (laughs) Well, before we dive into uh, the contents of today, we will be talking about Acts 2, but Nate's got some reminders for everybody. Yeah, the... um uh, First off, the the last week was Teacher Appreciation Week, and... um, and I just wanted to say to everyone who's listening, Avenue Church in general, to say thank you. Um, we were able to pay for the high school and the middle schools, both in Lexington and Ontario, to have some pizza. It's really good pizza. Um, uh, the Martinez family. Anyways, it's really good. Um, and so that was cool. But that came out of Be Generous mm-hmm. um, that we did back in October. And uh, so that's just, again, say thanks so much to everybody because, uh, again, without your generosity, we couldn't do that. And, of course, everybody brought in snacks and drinks and things like that. We could also we also donated um, and loved on uh, the teachers in both schools. And, though, um, and then also, this was cool. This is a, something else that was completed this past week, um, is we put brand new, um, uh, what do you say, like... Um, um, oh, yeah, the, be- the, the growing like, beds, I don't like, know what um, they're Flower beds slash um, like garden boxes. Garden boxes, but they were we made them out of um, cinder blocks, right? Cinder blocks oh, okay. and like nice pavers and wood on top. I mean, it looks super nice for the Dewald Community Center. Yep, downtown Mansfield. Um, they're under uh, the ministry of Sa- the Salvation Army, but uh, they kind of act as a ministry too on their own. And so we were able to come alongside them to help them. And and their kids that come to the after school program there. They teach them how to garden and, and things, and I guess they just love it, but they were in really bad shape. And so because of the Be Generous, we were able to put whole new yeah, that's cool. five areas of those in, and it looks so nice. Um, that's awesome. So that was really cool. Um, and then the thing that is coming up on June 4th, it's or just the first Sunday of June 4th, uh, two things are happening is Journey on the Ave. If you've never gone through Journey on the Ave, I highly recommend, in fact, we, we want everyone to go through Journey on the Ave. If you've never gone through it, we want you to go through it because it's the idea is what it, um, we share so much about what we do behind the scenes. You get to meet most of our elders, all of our staff, um, the ministries that are going on and um, um, get to see, you can take a spiritual gifts inventory, um, but it's just so much investment to who we are to even say, is this this something we want to be a part of? Is Avenue one we want to be part of? And we highly recommend everybody going through that. And so uh, we will always start people off there anyways. And mm-hmm. so um, that's coming up on June 4th, and you can sign up through that on the app. And then the second thing on, on June 4th is um, we call our Moving Up Sunday and gradu- um, and celebrating our graduating seniors. And so every kid, if they're in a different class based on their age uh, grade, they get to move up. And so even for... 
our outgoing sixth graders into our seventh graders. We celebrate them. They're moving into our student ministry now. And so um, so that's all going to take place on June 4th. So it's just a great Sunday. It starts off our summer um, and moving into kind of really the next fiscal year of Avenue. Yeah. What's really cool also about June 4th is that um, we do this a couple times a year. And um, this year, the kids will be singing with the worship team. Yeah, it's always a lot of fun. You always get to see some kids um, really, really um, just so excited, and they get into it so much, and um, so we just, they they get to worship with us, and it's just really cool. It's really, really fun. It's always a joy for me, so. That's really sure. cool. Yeah. So, it's yeah, those are great things time coming to come. Yeah. Yeah, it is. <clears throat> All right. Well, we're going to get in. We're going to dive into Acts 2. It's four. 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 Just we kidding. didn't change our notes. Oh no! Yeah. yeah. Well, we got to redo this. Oh no, well. No, oh, no, well. no kidding. <laughs> you guys get the you guys get the raw edition. We don't retake. My nah, bad. Nah, right. All right. Acts four. Excuse me. Yeah. So about that, it, this message was I really I called it the church prayer, but it was also the point of it um, was really kind of hitting at the idea of boldness and persecution, um, and so. Sunday to me was really about the significance of the prayer um, and, and how do we live that out. But again, the point again is about boldness and uh, persecution. So uh, I thought I'd start off because I think, that, I think this is about the way, the way that we're going to get better at being bold and the, ba- and the way we're going to get better of um, being an authentic and vulnerable church is being honest and sharing um, with you guys as staff members and, um, and others that, you know, maybe someday will be on the podcast. But um, so as you're listening, I want you to think about this question, and I'm asking you two the question. I'll, I'll, I'll probably answer as well, but have you experienced persecution for your faith in Jesus? Has that ever been something you've experienced? Or have you seen someone experience it? Um, maybe you, you had an outside perspective and you saw it from a distance, or you saw it in a friend in a situation and even then, the question is, is, did you back them up or did you just let them flounder? You know, things like that. So mm-hmm. do you guys have any examples? Have you seen it? Have you experienced it? What were your feelings towards it? And if, and if you haven't, maybe the question is, why not? So Yeah, I know. It's a really tough one because uh, I definitely have not gone through any persecution, anything that even compares to what the disciples have gone through. Um, the the persecution that I'm thinking of right now is just more little tiny petty things and nothing that was ever substantial pain to me or, you know, substantial longing sort of a, oh man, <coughs> made me question something or anything like that. Like the only ex- examples that come to mind actually are just in recent years. Um, when I started going to school for, um, to, well, to get my license as a pastor and, um, just the effect that that has on on family mm-hmm. becoming a pastor. Mm-hmm. It, I wouldn't even call it persecution, but it's the only thing that I can think of right now that comes close. Is just like it works. there's just an obvious difference in how they act around me, or um, there's an obvious difference in the conversations that they choose to have around me, mm-hmm. or in, even include me in. Um, and um, you know, there's some extended family members that are just like, oh, they'll like slip up and swear and they'll be like oh sorry nick i don't mean to you know i know you don't like that and you know that's that's cool uh, you know it's just like yeah yeah it's, that's, it's, that's, it's, it's just a, that. it's just a different sort of uh 
Um, definitely not persecution, but it's, it's just, you know, people act differently now that that title has been associated with me. Yeah. You know, or, or um, I can think of a, a time before I had the pastoral license when I started this job, I actually had a, a volunteer that was in my worship ministry um, who ended up leaving um, because they knew me before I was the worship leader. And um, they said they would just say things like, you've, you've, you've changed, you know, oh, you think you're some big pastor now, holier than thou, you know, that's not really you, um, you don't know what you're talking about, stuff like that, which that felt more to me like persecution than anything. Yeah. Um, that was, it, was, it was really, really hurtful. It was really, really painful. And, um, you know, I'm sad to say that I don't have much contact with that person now, period. Um, but I believe we've made amends. I think that came out of a place that that person was more hurt personally yeah. about other things, and I just was an easy target, you know? Yeah. I don't think it was an issue that person had with Christ, mm-hmm. so, so to speak, which is, you know, the disciples went through something like that. Yeah. That's good. Thanks for sharing that. That is difficult, though. What about you, Abram? Yeah. Uh, yeah, definitely. In high school, I was very outspoken. Uh, I won't don't want to say I'm not now because I don't think anyone would say that, but (laughs) uh, I was very outspoken about my faith in high school. And I was one of very, very few kids that I really considered uh, to have genuine faith. Like uh, I always call them the cross necklaces, had a ton of kids in our high school that had the cross necklaces and like went to church on Sunday. Um, But that was pretty much the extent of it. You wouldn't know it any, any other time. Mm -hmm. Um, So like I kind of had, I kind of had, people not happy with me on all sides like I had the religious people who didn't like me and then I had the atheists who didn't like me and then I had like just people that thought I was just weird that didn't like me so I mean whatever um but I'd say as far as persecution there's a kid actually named uh Austin Hutchison who uh was a football player and he was just a tool um I can say this now because we're we have a decent relationship now, but it's funny. <laughs> I was gonna uh, say, am I gonna have no, to edit no, this? No, 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 I don't, I don't, no, no, I'm not <laughs> roasting him. But but in this time in high school, it's junior year, I think, and and uh, we had a we had like a design class together, and so like we had we had a bunch of like sections of computers all next to each other, mm-hmm. like a whole wall, mm-hmm. and uh, I had a teacher named Mr. Daniels who was kind of like a tough kind of kind of like a redneck kind of vibe. He he taught like woods and. Uh, design and stuff like that. He was kind of like a more working with your hands kind of guy. And uh, so like me and Austin, well, really more so Austin and a couple other guys would be like super antagonistic to me and my faith. And uh, so they'd always ask me questions and like try to prove me wrong and, and all this. And, and, I, and, I, and like I would just always be like, man, like you're not asking the right questions. If you want to ask the right questions, I can give you the right answers. Because they always ask the questions they think are like stumping, but it's really not the right perspective and stuff like that. And so, like, I remember a day when when it, it wasn't in woods, but it was in class, and these kids constantly like harassed me a lot, uh, just about my faith and about everything. And 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 they would like make fun of me for everything because they just wanted to target me. And I remember a day in gym class when when Austin. Uh, we were playing actually golf. We were just talking about it, but we were actually playing golf with like the rubber balls in gym class. Yeah. And uh, the the kid, I don't know what he was talking to me about or something. He got so mad. He walks up to me and threatens to beat me with a golf club. And uh, and we actually got sent to the principal's office. But like he got physically mad at me and like threatened my life. 
And I remember that day because that day was a defining moment for me because he hated the fact that I was a Christian. He hated it. Like, he was just militantly against me. And he hated it. And so, like, that day was a spark. And, and I remember from that point on, we were we were very, like, it wasn't so much picking and roasting anymore. It was very much so, like, we didn't really talk at all. Yeah. It, was, it was like, nope, we're done. We're not doing this. Dang, yeah. And uh, that was crazy. But I remember, fast forward now, there was about two years out of high school. He messaged me, and he said, dude, um, can I call you? And and mind you, like <laughs> this, this is the terms we kind of left on, and uh, he he calls me, and at first I thought he's pulling my leg, but he's like, dude, he's like I I've made it to rehab because uh, he got into drugs and stuff, and he's like he told me this whole story about how he should have been dead and about how he believes God God had a plan for his life, and he's not dead. And he gave his life to Jesus, and he's talking to me about this. And he's like, dude, I want you to know that in rehab, I remember all the times you told me that God loved me and that he He cared for me and that I was supposed to know him. And, and he's like, I want you to know that I remember that. And that was so in my head. And I'm like, and I le- legit, in my, in my own mind, I'm like, this has got to be bull. This is baloney. No way. <laughs> this is for real. But it was. And it was just the most wild thing ever. So I, it was like a breath of fresh air of like man this is why you do what you do and stand firm and Mm -hmm. and like just stay committed that as part as far as like a vivid story that is definitely one that i have that's like vividly wow man uh there and then with an awesome ending too well done and i've had a few i've had a few kids actually from high school uh reach out to me and, and be like you know hey like we know you're trustworthy uh, we're going through this in our lives, you know, stuff like that. So I'm reaping what I didn't understand <laughs> in the yeah. moment, you know, as a sophomore and junior in high school, like my perspective wasn't nearly as good as it is now, but like, I, I just see that stuff coming out of it now. And it just gives me more momentum to stand firm. Cause it's not easy to be the one that's getting roasted and, and like just made fun of for everything. And but then you realize when there's an ending to it that's that brings God glory and people come to know him, it's like, man, this was worth it. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah. I uh see I yeah, it's I mean, I have different stories I shared with I shared with like the story of college baseball and then at Ball State University what I was experiencing. I when I was in high school, I hated it because I was still new to my face, so it made me frustrated and angry a lot, but I uh, I wouldn't curse, so um, I, I just don't understand. I mean, I tell you what, man, teenagers are, man, they're rough. They're jerks. All to fit in, to do whatever it is yeah. to fit in. And I, um, so I would say poop or crap, but I would never say the S word, right? And that would became, that became one of my nicknames, Poop Boy. And I hated it. I know exactly what you're talking about. I had the same thing. I hated it. I wanted to punch them in the face. And all because they couldn't get me to curse. Like, that was, like, their objective, some of them were. And these were, like, I wouldn't say they're friends, but they're friends and my friends, you know, we had common friends, right? And so, but I was never the popular kid. Uh, I was well-known. I was a good kid, but I wasn't popular because I didn't have wealth. Um, And... Um, and of course I wasn't the best athlete in our school. So there's that, uh, another one they used to, they would call me my senior year preacher boy. I wasn't even going into ministry. I was just a Christian and they, 
but because I would reflect certain things, they started calling me preacher boy. And, uh, dude, it was hard. Those were some frustrating times. Um, I had very similar, very similar friends. Yeah. It's frustrating. Yeah. And it's like, you, it is. Get a life, man. You know? And so now, years look but back looking on it, I'm like, if I knew now what I wish I would have known then, I would have been okay with it. But, you know, but I'm new. I'm young. I was new to my faith. Um, so that was always frustrating. Um, and then, of course, just along the way, the periodical times of just people calling us out. Or um, I tell you what, since we've adopted children, um, and because we're open to any child, and we believe that any any child needs a home, um, it's amazing to me what I've experienced, what Liz and I have experienced with having children that don't look like us. And so, um, especially in the airports and how bold people are and how what their words say, I mean, it hurts. But it, it, the idea is that it doesn't hurt me so much as I'm trying to protect my kids from their ignorance. And, um, but again, just living out your faith c- can create this opportunity to really see some persecution. I got persecuted from my dad a lot especially in the early years, because he'd always say that I didn't know what I was talking about. These, these professors are filling my mind with crap. And, mm-hmm. you know, and he would always talk about his great aunt. I can't remember her name now. Um, and I'm like, Dad, you don't know what you're talking about. That's not even in there. Yeah. Well, yes, it is. You know, your professors are dumb, and she's the one who's right, and this is what she taught me. And I was like, so he would put me down a lot of times because I'm going into ministry now and I, I need to make sure that my family's priority number one. And at the same time, I'm like, do I need to read the Bible to you? You know, we need to understand what it actually says. And so um, that, those were some hard years when I first got into ministry with yeah. my dad. I think, that that's, I think that that is a really, really good example of you being torn because the whole other side of that coin is I know you're thinking about the commandment, honor your parents. Yeah. You know, so how do you honor your parents if your parents are not directly supporting the lifestyle that you're living? Correct. It's It's hard. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and and we can get into that. I mean, that's a long story, too, um, the difference between honoring them and obeying your Father in heaven and um, what does that look like? Because that's, yeah, I mean, the principle of Scripture is you only honor as far as it, doesn't take you to be dishonoring right. to God. Well, so. that's right. And honoring your parents biblically yeah. is more of a perspective that I'm going to live my life in such a way that brings them honor, but it doesn't mean I have to agree with them on everything. Mm-hmm. But I'm living my life away in such a, in such a way saying, man, Scott and Lisa Holtz did a good job raising you. I mean, that yours integrity. Right. Like you're not an embarrassment. Yeah, you're not an embarrassment to them. That's, that's really where the honoring comes into play. Mm-hmm. It's not just say, oh, okay, well, I guess I'll do what my dad says, even though I'm 28. Is it kind of like that scripture, I think it's out of Romans, um, where it says, uh, obey the laws of your country as long as they don't, yeah. I'm paraphrasing, but yeah, yeah, as long yeah. as they don't contradict scripture. That's right. Same sort of an idea. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. You yeah. Know, listen your to your parents as, unless it conflicts with conflicts what scripture, with scripture says, because yeah, correct. God the Father is ultimate. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, anyways, I mean, that's some of that was persecution, which is why I wanted to get into the last part of the scripture from Sunday, because that's the whole point of the prayer is to getting to this part. Well, first of all, they recognize that God is sovereign, and he is king, he is Lord, and it's not just one of these things where God is just like, oh, I think you're up there, let me, God, hear, hear my prayer today. Mm-hmm. 
and and we look at you like a genie. It, it's more of a no. You are in control. The reason I'm breathing is because of you. The reason that I'm living in this world is because of you. And the sun, moon, and stars exist because of your greatness and your glory, right? And so, um, so it's magnifying the God of the universe. And then it gets to the part where it says, in verse twenty nine, and now, O Lord, hear their threats and give us your servants great boldness in preaching your word. And I mean, at this. And mind you, I mean, we're, the church is at 5,000 people right now. So um, stretch out your hand with healing power. May miraculous signs and wonders be done through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. And then it says, after this prayer, the meeting place shook, and they were filled with the Holy Spirit. Then they preached the word of God with boldness. So, well, and then let me, let me read this one real quick. This was out of 2 Timothy 3.12. Yes, and everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. Now, why are those coming together? Um, I, I think this is important to understand because we got to read more into it than just what it says on the surface. This wasn't just about Peter and John. Like They were saying, give us, your church, all of us, boldness. So that means 5,000 people, more or less, mm-hmm. depending on, you know, is it 5,000 men plus wives and you know, children and whatnot. But give us your boldness to go out and proclaim the gospel to the world. You know, that, he's talking mm-hmm. about everyone, not mm-hmm. just Pastor Peter and Pastor uh, John and, you know, I'm, yeah. I'm having fun there. Mm-hmm. You know, the apostles. It's not just the apostles. It's the church. Give mm-hmm. us. Right? And I think a lot of times we forget that. Like we say, oh, yeah, we, I go to this church and here's this pastor. You know, and we like the pastor or not like the pastor. A lot of times, you know, churches based it off of like the experience in the pastor. Right? And if I can, um, I'll tolerate. If I love the pastor, I can just tolerate other things until, you know, it gets better and whatnot. Right? I mean, a lot of times this is how the American church works. But the reality is, it has nothing to do with the pastor in this sec in this section. It has everything to do with those who are a part of the church. Give us boldness. Mm-hmm. So I think that's where I wrote some of the questions down for Sunday, and and even if some of the groups did some more of the questions. But like, are we willing to pray for boldness than living in it? Are we as followers of Jesus, not as a pastor, not as somebody who gets paid to do this professionally? You know, like. Are we as the church willing to pray for boldness and live in it? Are we willing, uh, are we living our lives in such a way that is worthy of being persecuted? Hmm. Um, do we care enough about what Jesus is going to say to us on the day we meet him? Right? Because no pastor is going to stand, no priest is going to stand in the place. You know, uh, Jesus, Abe, you know, uh, I mean, yeah, okay, he had his things, but good guy. You need to let him in. Like, that's not going to happen. You know, uh, Liz isn't going to stand on my ha- behalf. I'm not going to stand on behalf of my kids. I mean, come on. He worked at Chick-fil-A. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> There's got to be some kind of connection between Chick-fil-A and heaven. I just, uh, I, I wonder, I mean, what do you guys think about that? And do we see... Do we see it in the American church? Are we seeing it at Avenue? Are, are more people willing to say, you know what? All right. Am I, living, am I living a life in such a way 
that persecution is a part of my faith. Hmm. Do I, I have boldness? Yeah, I think um, I think I think it's a hard prayer. Um, mm. If there's any sense of, for lack of a better word, uh, wishy-washiness about your faith, sure. Um, but also too, there's also like the idea of like um, a lot of people, and people tell me this a lot. You know, even even just recently, um, they're like, "Well, I'm not really around a lot of people." You know, so I don't get the opportunity to live out my faith or to evangelize or to even be persecuted because mm. I might see three different people throughout my week until I get to Sunday again, you know, or things like that. But I think it's more than just face-to-face human interaction. And one example that I'm thinking of, um, this was actually right after church on Sunday. I, I had to run to Meyer for something. And... Um, I go through the produce side, all right? And um, I didn't even see who the shirt was attached to, but I saw the shirt out of the corner of my eye, and it's one of the our blue I have decided to follow Jesus baptism shirts. Oh, yeah. Somebody's wearing it, oh, okay? Great. And I'm like, that looks like one of our shirts. And uh, I get a little closer, and it's Wyatt. It's Wyatt. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And I uh, love that guy. Yes, sir. And um, I had to walk up to him and, 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 and talk to him and stuff. And we were both getting flowers and stuff like that for Mother's Day and whatever. <laughs> you know, last <laughs> yeah, minute shoppers. Sure. Classic. That's classic. Two males. <laughs> uh, classic. Um, but um, the fact that he was wearing that shirt, that itself is a great example of not being afraid to let out your faith. Yeah. Because that shirt doesn't just, it's not just like a Jesus fish or, or like a cross with no, with no words. Yeah. It says, I have decided to follow Jesus right yeah. on the front of his shirt. Yeah. You know, and he didn't have a hoodie on to cover it up. He had nothing. It was just him yep. and his T-shirt. Yep. And I'm, I know that guy didn't even, even bat an eye. I, like, there, there, there was not a thought in his head when he's like, oh, man, I got my church shirt yeah, on. Because everybody's going to read it. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, and it's like, no, just... And so, like, even something like that, mm-hmm. even if you don't get a chance to actually physically talk to people, yeah. how you present yourself out in public matters. Yep. You know? I think that was just so cool. Yeah, I agree. I think that the other the other flip side of that, too, is it's really easy to say, like, kind of what you said, oh, I only interact with a few people. So, like, you know, eh. It's like, awesome. Well, are you are you talking to those three people? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and then second question, uh if you look at the early church, <laughs> was it just like, oh, like if we see him, we'll talk to him? Yeah. It was like, no, it was intentional. <laughs> it, was, it was like we're going to talk to people. Yeah. Like I think of Peter and Paul in our in our day today. Like they'd probably walk into Meyer. <laughs> hey, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> Repent and believe. Well, what's like, funny I is. I seriously think that. Yeah, because they would be travelers. Yes. They, would, they, 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 they wouldn't buy a home and live in the same home and work the same job exactly. for 40 years. You know, they wouldn't just settle. Exactly. They would be constantly moving. They'd be, in fact, they might not even have a lot of possessions because yeah. they would just be well, no, then they're nomadic starting, sort They're of starting to learn the art of that each community now needs a pastor, a shepherd. Yeah, mm-hmm. almost like planting. Yeah. Almost start and church so, planting. That's right. And like uh, James, the brother of Jesus, the half-brother of Jesus, right? He wrote the book of James, um, was the pastor of Jerusalem. So his job was to stay and equip the people in the city of Jerusalem for the works of ministry. Yeah. Like their job is to communicate the gospel to the people in Jerusalem. Now, granted, they're also living in a culture that's already oral. So like, they're, they're communicating. Our culture is not. Our culture is very individualized. It is very much uh, paper. 
Um, if it's not written down, I don't remember, you know, things like that. Um, therefore I I think that's a, that's important. When I hear Christians say, I don't meet many people, I don't know many people. Then I'm like, you're not trying then. You gotta, you gotta go out and meet people. You gotta go meet people. Spark conversations. Like, do you think I coach my kids' teams because like, oh, I'm a good coach? No. I have soccer. I didn't know. A th- I don't know a thing about soccer, and but there's influence there. So I I learned the game of soccer. Watched a lot of, you know, YouTube University videos. Dad, YouTube videos. Right? Um, I ask people questions who know how to play the game. So I at least want to do a good job to the girls. But the whole point of that is to influence. Like I know all these parents. Um, communicate to all these parents. So I've now had two years with most of them. Um, or, um, the reason we go and hang out at practices is to meet other people. Like I could drop my kids off. You know, that's what a good parent does. Right. And drop your kids off. Like good. All these coaches are good people. I trust all these coaches, uh, at least that I know, cause they've been background checked and all kinds of stuff. I stay at the practices so I can get to know people on the other team. So somehow in some way, maybe have an opportunity to have a conversation with Jesus. The reason that Liz was on the PTO was the reason that, that we she started <laughs> on the PTO was to see how can our church get involved with Stingle Elementary. Mm-hmm. And then it became, oh my goodness, you're really da-da-da. And she became the president the same day that she went to her first PTO meeting. And so for the last two years, she's had influence um, working with the parents and the teachers of the school to represent her faith uh, to people. You have to be it's intentionality. You have to be intentional and in going out and doing it. The re- like, if you want our schools to change, well, don't just complain about it and write about it on social media. Nobody cares. Mm-hmm. But when you get involved with the school board, that's how change happens. Mm-hmm. You know, like you have. I'm just using that as an example. We've got to be working at having conversations. It's funny. I took a course. Um, it was my. It was in my master's degree. And I can't remember the name of the course, but we ended up meeting in Florida. So it was a hybrid course. It was online and in person. Mm-hmm. So we had to before meet. Before that was cool. Huh? Before that was cool. <laughs> before that? Before that was cool. Like Oh, yeah, before it was cool. Before yeah, COVID. Yeah, yeah. yeah you were doing it. Cool. <laughs> so, yeah, we were meeting online, and, and then we would meet um, somewhere depending on the semester. So that year, you know, at that time, it was in February, I think, and we had to meet in Daytona Beach, Florida. So it was great, you know, got to go to Florida for school for a week. And um, so one of, our, one of our objectives was we had to go down to the beach, and we had two hours, that was a, and we had to come back and give in a report on how it went. And we went with, in groups of two, so you didn't go by yourself. And you had to take a conversation, any normal conversation, with somebody that you don't know and somehow lead it to God. Hmm. That was our homework for that afternoon. So me and this other dude from California, um, uh, dreads, I mean, we don't look anything alike, right? I'm white, he's black. Mm-hmm. Uh, cool guy, super cool guy. I love talking to him. Now, he was definitely more liberal in his belief system than I was. Mm-hmm. But it was fun because it helped me grow in my faith. I don't know what it did for him. Maybe nothing. But <laughs> um, 
uh, so we were like, okay, God, show us somebody we can talk to about Jesus. So we ended up walking up to a person who's just sitting there on the beach, come to find out she's Jehovah's Witness. We didn't know that right away. She was just having a con- – she was just sitting there relaxing for a moment and – You I, didn't see a badge? No, 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 because I think she was like – off duty, off duty, or something <laughs> like that. But she had stuff with her, but it was in her bag. She didn't tell us, uh, and uh, so we just started talk, talking to her about how her day is going, how's she doing, you know, where's she from, things like that. Um, and I don't remember how it worked, but somehow we led the conversation to God, which got us to understand who she was. And then we were talking to her about Jesus of the Bible, not the not the Watchtower Jesus, right? Mm-hmm. You know, and so, and it was really neat. Of course, we didn't convert her or anything like yeah. that, but. But I, I realized it was easier than I thought because most people are willing to have a conversation about God more than we realize. But the reason that we can get it there is because we actually care about them. Yeah, you, you don't just start, you don't walk up to the conversation, hey, dude, you know Jesus? Yeah, like you literally like, want to get to know them yeah, like, first. Hey, what's your name? What yeah. do you do? You know, like, yeah. what are you doing here today? What, yeah. what, like, just normal, don't be weird. Right, and it's <laughs> funny to me because Jesus even says that the that the field is ready for harvest. Mm-hmm. Here's the problem. There are not many harvesters. Yeah. So pray to the God and ask for harvesters and he will provide, right? So, and I shared that a few weeks ago, but the reality is, is there are so many people that we work with or that we're neighbors with or we're friends with that we've had zero conversations about God. And the reality is, is most of them are willing to have a conversation about God. You just gotta get it there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's why so many of us lack persecution is because we're afraid to have the conversation. But it's not as hard as we think. You just got to trust. Yeah, I think that uh, the world is so isolated now, kind of like how you were saying, that just the idea of just talking to a stranger, even if it's not about Christ, just sounds weird. weird. It It just sounds like you'd be perceived as the oddball, like, why is this freak talking to me? (laughs) For real. You haven't even mentioned God yet. Yeah. Then you throw that in on top of it, and someone that's not ready to hear that, you know, then you are an outcast, you know, all of this. Oh, for sure, yeah. You're like, dude, why is this guy asking me what my name is? Well, and that is a good point. Like, I want to share, I want to lead into a quote from the UE. C.S. Lewis, again, in Mere Christianity, I quote that book all day long. Um, He said this, Enemy-occupied territory. That's how he starts the sentence. That is what this world is. Mm-hmm. So we're in enemy-occupied territory. Christianity is the story of how the rightful king has landed. You might say landed in disguise and is calling us to take part in a great campaign of sabotage. It makes total sense. Wow. Yeah. Um, and that's why the world hates Christianity. Um like, you don't see, like, Muslims aren't trying to, in a sense, convert the world uh, because the way they're trying to convert the world is having a lot of children. Yeah, just make babies. Correct. Um, uh, the Eastern religions, it's just all about wisdom and understanding, even though Jesus is actually in their teachings. Um, and uh, Judaism, again, they're not trying to convert the world because they believe it's about the bloodline. You know, we're part of the family of Abraham. Well, even though the New Testament could care less about the bloodline of Abraham, um, it's about the... Well, it's easy when you don't believe in the New Testament. Correct. And it's about the <laughs> righteousness of Abraham. Following The reason that the world is blessed is because of the righteousness, believing in the same God as Abraham, um, not just because you were born into the family of Abraham. So, like, 
um, I think that's the significance of what we're talking about today when it comes to persecution, when it comes to the idea that the world is against Jesus because it's the one faith in the world where we're trying to completely tell the world, you need to repent and turn to him or it's, it's going to be awful for you. Mm-hmm. And of course, yeah. nobody in a sense is like, oh yeah, sign me up. What a great message. Yeah. Even though the hope is, is that, yeah, it is. It is a great message. You get to live forever with him in glory and no longer pain, suffering, and tears. Um, but you do have to deny yourself. Mm-hmm. You have to make this about him and not you. And I think that's the difficulty part of the faith. Um, so I, I, I'm curious, though, about... we. Ha- I mean, I, I just mentioned this story, but I'm curious about you guys. How do you feel when you talk to someone about Jesus? Mm-hmm. Is there an internal resistance or struggle that you have? And, you know, I'm I'm curious about you listeners as well. When mm-hmm. you know, when you think about talking to people about Jesus, mm-hmm. is there some kind of internal struggle that you have? And if so, why? And if not, you know, when you actually do have the, you mustered up the, I don't know, the the boldness to talk mm-hmm. to somebody about Jesus. Yeah. Do you feel better though afterwards? You think I I did it. You know, what are your thoughts? I think for me, and uh, this is probably because I was a really bad Christian for a really long time, sure. vast majority yeah. of my life. In fact, <laughs> I would say it wasn't until the last six years or so when I, I started to flip things around. Um, but those conversations, um, it depends on who I'm talking to, because mm-hmm. if this person knows that I work at a church, um, I almost feel like they're obligated to bring it up. Okay, just because they're like, oh yeah, 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 and we go to church, and you know, you know, we like we like what Avenue's doing. Like that's just always just what it goes to. Yep. You know, just because they they know that I work at a church. Now, if they have no idea at all who I am, um, those ones are hard for me because um, I always feel like number one, um, when that opportunity strikes, uh, I am afraid of just getting thought of as weird or shot down just for the sake of just starting the conversation. You know, not even about you know, religion yet or yeah. anything like that or having faith in Christ. But, like, there is always something inside of me that, like, um, wants, wants to, you know. Yeah. I, I, can't, I can't describe it. It's just, like, when I, when I finally am talking or overhear someone in, like, the store talk about church or Jesus, I always just get filled with something that I just, like, I'm just, I just feel so happy inside, you know. And, uh, but, um, or, like, I just, like, I just smile to myself and I'm just, like, thank you, God, for that, you know, just... Like, I was at lunch today, I, I took my daughter, she, she stayed home from school, and we went to Wendy's. And this was just uh, uh, two hours ago. And um, we sat down at the table, and it's, it's kind of dead in there, there's a few other families. And two tables ahead of us um, was these two guys, and I couldn't tell if they were doing an interview or if they were just having a meeting, but they, they looked like it was some sort of business-related sort of a thing. Yeah. And... Um, the one guy was facing me um, two tables away, so I could hear what he's saying without even trying. You know, I wasn't trying to be a creep. But he started talking about youth group, and he started talking about church, and he started huh. talking about students and things like that. And I was like, oh, man, I kept trying to listen, kept trying to listen. And I was watching my watch because I knew I had to be back here at 1 o'clock. You know, so I'm like, oh, man, I, I really want to ask, you know, hey, I heard you guys talking about church. What, what church you guys go to? But yeah. 
I didn't do it. Yeah. You know, I didn't do it. Dude, and I'm that guy. You I are wish, that guy. I'm I that guy. Really, well, that's how you met my dad at Taco Bell. I'm, dude, I do that all the time, bro. I'm, I straight up am that guy. I'm like, dude, I heard you. I'm, I'm, not, that's I'm awesome. not that guy, though. Yeah, yeah. Oh, dude, I am. I, I, I'm not always, though. Like, I do get a little scared sometimes. But, like, if, if I hear something, yeah, I'm just like, I'm like, hey, man, uh, nickel, no, not nickel and bean, uh, Reed relax oh yeah coffee shop guy guy was reading his bible a few weeks ago and i i walked into him like dude this is so encouraging to see you doing this man like you know what's your name and i was like dude just keep it up that's awesome yeah and and like we just talked quickly but like again same note and then it closed it and it was the book of mormon and you're like (laughs) (laughs) no i i I asked i'm like hey man i was like that looks like a bible were you reading your bible and he's like yeah and uh because his his like girlfriend came like halfway through it Mm -hmm. and then uh like i just like quickly connected to him and it was really yeah. encouraging i just funny there there there's a part of me inside too that i'm always afraid of saying the wrong thing and then i've tied that poor conversation with avenue yeah you know like and they're like oh well now they're never going to want to check out this church because you know they met me and i screwed it up sort yeah of thing. yeah like this guy's yeah. weird i'm never going around yeah yeah i that's so good i here, here's a struggle and again i've been vulnerable before and said um I love influencing people. I do. I think that's why I love student ministry so much. Um, being a pastor is, for me, at times hard, uh, especially because of my background, not growing up in the church and things like that. Like I'm not. I'm not sometimes really good at playing church politics. I just am not. Um, and sometimes I have to learn lessons um, because. Uh, there's a way of people that a lot of Christians see the church and how the church is supposed to be based off of what we've kind of created church to be over the last hundred years and things like that and what other pastors have done. And so there's some of that, you know. And then there's other times where you're just like, that's not my job. My job is not to do what you're asking me to do. Not not in the sense of like um, serving somebody but things like that. But if there's certain things that you like, well, pastors should do this. Biblically, no, you're wrong. Pastors are not to do this or to do this, you know. What In I mean? fact, they actually uh, recruited other people could, to go do things so that they right. didn't have to That's do right. those things. Not because they couldn't or refused, yeah. but because they had other things that they were supposed to be doing. Right. So, so <laughs> like, like, here's my vulnerability. So, I, I'm, I'm, I was just setting it up to say, I, I, I work really hard to come up with sermons and series and try to do it with intentionality and purpose. Um, Again, I I know I'm not the greatest speaker out there. I get it. Um, Third best. Yeah, there's a, there's some good ones out there, and I like listening to them. Um, it, it, uh, again, I think it's also my downfall of like, how can God use me? Because I'm my name, I'm just Nate Holtz. Like, you know, I'm from a hillbilly family from a podunk town in Indiana. You know, in the cornfields of Indiana. Like, I who am I? You know, to have any authority and things like that. I get it. You know, like, that's a struggle I always have. I always believe that God can use the foolish things in this world, like myself, to do what He wants it to do. So I'm grateful that I'm trying to be obedient, things like that. Um, obviously, the Holy Spirit does the work, and I give Him all the credit. But here's my struggle. Um, I, I work my tail off to get messages ready, to try to make it as easy as I possibly can for people to understand, even non-Christians, for them to understand it, but more specifically the Christians. 
And, and the reason I started to give homework, when was that? Like two or three years ago? Yeah, I think you've had it for a long time. Yeah, right? yeah. And I think the point with that is I'm trying to get you to do something with the message. Knowing knowing the statistics say that you learn, you, you only remember maybe anywhere from three to seven seconds of a message um, longer than 15 minutes. Um, so I try to hit the same point over and over and over and over again. But then I wonder, are you doing anything with it though? Mm. Or are you just doing what all Christians do? You come... You sing a few songs. Maybe you don't even sing. You just come and listen to it. You just stand there with your arms You're crossed. You're starting to <laughs> cross. Oh, I couldn't imagine anybody. Uh, dude, yeah. if I see somebody doing that, I'm going to be like, yeah. I'm side-eyeing them. And you, you, and you forget the whole purpose. It doesn't hurt me. Yeah, now. and you forget the whole purpose of what worship is about anyways. Yeah. And then you sit there and you listen to, most of the time it's me, but, you know, other times it's you guys. And do you did you walk out of there thinking, you know what? I need to really think about that. Like, like one of the questions this week was, would you be willing to ask someone who is close to you, do I look more like Jesus or the culture around me? Mm-hmm. And I sit here and I wonder, did anybody actually do that? Mm. Or did I literally just waste my time? And I, again, I don't think I'm wasting my time, obviously. I'm being obedient to the Father. My goal is to reflect Him. My goal is to honor Him, to glorify Him, and to do what He's asked me to do because uh, love is the motivation. Loving my, loving my neighbor, loving my enemy, things like that, that is, that is still the key. So I, I get I'm not wasting my time. But, but my, my flesh says, am I wasting my time? Hmm. Because the reality is, is that's a good question. I mean, sitting down with probably the one that you love the most or the one that you know you can trust the most mm-hmm. and say, hey, man, I want you to be honest with me. Do I actually look like Jesus? And, and maybe the question I should ask is, okay, what areas of my life don't reflect him, do you think? Mm-hmm. Just by looking at me and watching me and knowing me, are there areas in my life that I have not died to and come out in such a way like, man, you don't look like Jesus here. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like I poured my life into it. I'm hoping that uh, someone said, whew, you know what? I want to look like Jesus. Mm -hmm. That's why I come to Avenue. That's why Mm -hmm. I'm a part of the body of Christ. I want to look like Jesus. I want to reflect him. And I want to show the world the hope that I have in Jesus. And knowing that I'm going to be persecuted for this, I need to look more like him. I think that's a very mature question. And for people to be asking themselves that, they have to be at that level of maturity as well. Yeah. In fact, the only thing I see wrong with that question, and it's a great question, is that I'm, I tried and think of people who would give me an honest answer without yeah. thinking of my feelings first. Yeah. And I couldn't think of too many people. No, I know. That's why this is like, who's the one, mm-hmm. like, you know, and you guys are pastors on staff, and I hope that you could have... Maybe not that question, but you could always come to me and say, hey, Nate, I'm struggling with this. Mm-hmm. And knowing that I'm not going to fire you or let you go because that's, I don't want to create that kind of culture. But, like, who is the one person in our life that I can literally tell you the deepest, darkest, sinful secret I have in my life, whatever that is. And it could just be simply like, man, I, I'm really bad at lying. You know, what? it doesn't have to be like... <laughs> the ultimate sin like that's mm. not what i'm trying to get at. i'm just trying to say that one person that will literally not tell a single soul in this world but i did what scripture said to confess my sin 
to this person knowing that they're going to keep me accountable because they love me. And I know they're not going to tell anybody um, until I'm ready to tell people, right? Mm -hmm. So who's that one person that you can literally go to and just say, man, be honest. I know it's going to hurt, but I want you to be honest with me. Where's an area that you see that I don't reflect Jesus? Mm -hmm. And because a lot of times it's those areas that keep me from living in such a way of persecution. Not because I'm looking for it, but what that means is I'm, I'm not sharing my faith as much because there are certain areas in my life Jesus doesn't have, and therefore he can't use me because I'm not living in the light completely. Mm-hmm. And that's why that one person is important to have in your life to say, hey. Yeah. You know, that's what I'm thinking of. It's like, because, man, if you're just coming in on Sundays, Nate, that was a great message. That doesn't do anything for me. What does things for me is, man, did this, did this help you, though? Like, is this going to get you to the next step with Jesus? Because if it's not, then I need to know what I need to do better. I don't care that it was a good message. Or even like, you know, I didn't really get anything out of that today. Well, then what that shows me is even even though I may not be a great communicator, the reality is, is that, but you didn't get anything even from reading God's word? I think that's what my struggle is. And I think that's my struggle with the American church, which is I've had to learn over the years that... I can't judge her in that sense. I have to be willing to keep being obedient, to trusting God, to use me for his glory, for his goodness, for his kingdom, to do just that. But what I'm hoping for is that, man, I want to be a church that I even challenge myself to say, okay, that made something to me. Or when I hear others get up there, or when I hear a baptism testimony, like sometimes it brings me to tears because I'm reminded, yeah, don't forget that, Nate. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I just, I, I want, I want to see people to say, I want to take the steps towards Jesus. Yeah. I think for anybody that maybe has wanted to ask that question from the homework, um, do I look like Jesus or more of the culture around me? I think if people aren't ready to ask that question, they could, should at least be able to find someone to say, hey, how am I doing? You yeah. know, you know, because that might be the icebreaker, yeah. and then it might get into a yeah. deeper, a deeper answer. Yeah. Um, because if we resemble culture more, obviously we know that we've fallen. Yeah. You know, because we're not supposed to look like the world. We are yeah. supposed to be different. You know, and if we do look like the world but claim to look like Jesus, that's like really bad. Yeah. You know, that's like Pharisee yeah. stuff. Yep. I mean, even my wife, I'm just gonna throw her out there, like. I'm not going to lie, it's frustrating when she says some things to me, because <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> it's my wife, right? You mean truth? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. And and she'll say, Nate, I think the reason that you're struggling with A, B, and C right now is because you're not spending time with Jesus. Mm. And I'm just like, yes, I am. Mm-hmm. Here's what I'm doing. But the reason, and I always tell people, that, you know, the reason we get in arguments is because we're not getting what we want. Mm. That's true. I mean, the reason we get mad at one another is because we're not getting what we want. So when I get angry at her when she says things like that to me, I know she's stinking right, <laughs> mm-hmm. even though I am spending time with Jesus, but I'm not intentionally spending time with just Jesus and me, not prepping for a message, not prepping for a group, not prepping for something like this, just Jesus. And she's absolutely right. Mm. And, and, and then I had sometimes to go back, yeah, honey, you're right. I'm sorry. Yeah. That's really hard. Um, that's something that I struggle with. Um, once I became a, um, 
Well, just being a worship leader, being in worship ministry, um, a lot of my worship is just preparation for Sunday, or yeah. like it's it's just practicing the music or things like that. And um, it's been a, it's been a while since yeah. I've just sat down just just to worship God on my own, just not for you. not for work, Nothing not for else. anybody else, just alone, yep. you know. Yep. And and maybe there's people out there that have never done something like that. Like, yeah. did you ever just close yourself behind a door and just be like, I'm just going to worship right now? Yep. You know, worship is different than prayer. Yeah. You know, worship is is different than singing. Worship is you know, it's 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 just an adoration of God's faithfulness. So that's it's right. Like, Honoring Him, yeah. mm-hmm. King of the Universe. Yep. I um, you know, and I always think that there's always themes when you read Scripture too. Like you can like, I read that book. I've read the book of Luke 30 times. Mm-hmm. And I've never noticed this before. Well, it's because God wasn't showing you that part before. You weren't ready. Yeah. And I can tell you right now, the thing that I've noticed the most right now is that, like Luke would say, and there was another time that Jesus withdrew from the crowd and and went by himself. You're like, mm-hmm. uh-huh. Um, there was this moment when Jesus, after the crowd was over, went away by himself to pray mm-hmm. all night long. So he'd been up all day doing his ministry and then went to be with the Father and stayed up all night praying and talking to him. Like, God's been really showing me that right now. And it's like, I am paying attention. Yeah. I just need to do it. A lot of those times, too, it says that he slipped away. Yeah. Almost like yeah. he didn't want people to know that he was yep. actively leaving because there's a humility about it. There is. You're not like, hey, look at me. I'm going to go pray for an hour. You yeah. know? No, it was just like he just slipped away, you know, disappeared, and, you know, that was just private yeah. time with him and God. Yeah, and I think then then it's like, that's the part, again, if I can bring it back to what was Sunday was all about, is that th- it's not like, then, should we be looking for persecution? No, we shouldn't be looking for it. It comes out of my faithfulness with my Father to be with Him in such a way that I have fallen in love with humanity the way that God loves humanity. So much so that I'm sharing my faith out of the hope and the love that I have for his creation. So hopefully they will come to know him. And through that is when you experience persecution. And I think that's the difference, right? It's the intentionality again. It's that I desire God so much and that I desire for people to come to know him because if they don't, they're heading to hell and they don't realize it yet. Mm-hmm. Um and it's my heart for them to know the gospel. And that, that's, that's what I preach every Sunday. Like, that's not what I preach, but I preach out of that notion every Sunday. Because I'm hoping that just somebody's getting this. And, and by God's grace, they're in. And, and then that they say, Nate, I'm in, and we're doing this together. You know, as a staff, as elders, as a church, as a body. Like, okay, we can't do this without one another. And so, again, that's what, to me... They prayed together. All I don't know. I'm just gonna guess three of the thousand. You know, they're praying together, and they're asking the church, they're asking God to give them boldness. And, mm-hmm. and so, anyways, um, which is exciting because it gets into next week. So next week is like uh, it's a continuation. It's funny. Like we're not going verse by verse, but we have through chapter four. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but we're not going to continue to do that. Um, but it's going to lead into chapter five, and. Um, and I'm calling it this, I'm calling this week the motivation of the heart. Mm. So, um, but we're getting into the story of Ananias and Sapphira. <laughs> and it is a mm. difficult story. It's the first story in the New Testament 
uh, I'm sorry, the first story of the church where a subtraction has taken occurred, like a negative enemy entering kind of difficult story to take care of. So, um, but it's all about the motivation of the heart. Yeah. And calling out others, too. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> yeah. That's a big one. Yeah, 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 you yeah. have done that yourself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that should so, be a fun one. It should be a good one. Hopefully yeah. it'll help again. Hopefully somebody will be like, oh, man, I need to think yeah. about that. Yeah. We, we, we kind of had, had, had to go rogue on this upcoming week's worship set because there's not a lot of scripture for that. No, or there's not. not. Or, or not a lot of yeah. worship songs about yeah, yeah, that yeah, yeah. particular <laughs> scripture. Yeah. God, please yeah. don't strike me dead, <laughs> but my brother instead. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> yeah. As long as we're worshiping him. Yeah, we will be, yeah. Awesome. Hey, well, today's episode was uh, the longest episode here in a couple weeks. We want to thank you guys for listening in on everything. Um, we're excited to be with you next week. And um, Abe, you have anything in closing to say? <sighs> hmm. Not that I can think of. Be bold. Be bold. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Nate? Yeah, that's it. I mean, you heard me. You gave like an old sermonette, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was good. It was good. All right, guys. Well, thank you again for listening. Be sure to let us know on what platform that you're listening to. Again, we would greatly appreciate a subscription, a like, a follow, a comment, a review, some stars. Whatever you got for us, you know, cup of coffee. Who mm-hmm. knows? No, Absolutely. I'm kidding. <laughs> All right, guys. Have a wonderful week and be blessed.